Um, all right. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome to Winging It, the West Wing podcast. My name's Andrea, and Sally is out this week, but in her stead, we have friend of the show, Dustin Alexander. Hello. That's me. I'm the friend. Yes. Um, are you so excited to be a guest on our show, Dustin? I'm just, like, really apprehensive. I mean, I don't know if I can live up to being uh, Sally. She's so good. I know. She will be back next week, but uh, we wanted to make sure that everybody got a new episode from season seven. So I called in Dustin uh, as reinforcement. Now, I will have you know that you are only the fourth man that we've had on our show. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is it like a, a ban on the Y chromosome or why is that? Um, I don't know. We're just, you know, we're about the, the female, the female empowerment. Audience. I don't know. The only That's men good. that we've had as well are Derek Webb, Dulé Hill, and Richard Schiff. And yep, that's it. Okay, so, so I'm walking among giants. Oh wait, no, Eli. We had um, we had Eli as well. So you're the fifth. So you're in good company. Is all I'm saying. Okay. This is good. I like this. Okay. All right. Okay. So we are in season seven and we're talking today about episode three, which is message of the week. But first we should, um, we should sing. We mm. should, we should do a little singing. Uh, I will say that Dustin once made me a ringtone. <laughs> well, this was two he... years ago. This was, two, this was at least two years ago, right? This, this is two years ago. And he, I don't think you made it to be a ringtone, but you, no. you played the West Wing theme song on the guitar and you just sent it to me unprompted. Well, there's think context, I think, though. I don't think there was any context. Well, no, no, you introduced me to the series um, after out, I mean, we met on a phone call, strangely enough, when I was in California. But you introduced me to the series, and I loved it, and we were texting, and I thought, you know what, as a, as a token of my gratitude, I should sing you the series theme song, right? That's it. Yeah, I suppose so. Yep. And then I made it my ringtone for you for a long time. <laughs> um, so if anybody wants it, I'll just, you know, upload it to the iTunes oh, uh, ringtone store. But now, okay, I'm going to sing it, though. I'm going to sing the theme song because we can't officially start the episode until we do. Are you ready? This is where I listen to you sing, right? Yeah, you can, and then you sing with me because it's uh, duet. All right, it's, okay. It's a two-person thing. Okay. Da, 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 da. See, it's faster. See, you and I have the same problems that Sally and I have. I could just play it. I mean, we can't do it in time. Okay, so I'll sorry. let it play. I'll let it play underneath this. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna do a quick TikTok of what happens in this episode. Um, so episode three, season seven. This is what the West Wing Wikipedia says. Uh, the Vinicamp decides to turn the tables on the Santos campaign by targeting issues of immigration, issues that Santos has avoided. Dun dun dun. So there you go. That's, that's what happens in this. Yeah, I mean, that's we'll just get synopsis? In, okay, okay. That's yeah, but we'll like get into the details. That's, very that's pithy. like the. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's a compliment. Yeah, that's good. I wanted to get your feedback on, like, broad strokes on this episode in general. As somebody who, this is your first time through the series, and you uh. took a break after Sorkin left, so this is all very fresh <sighs> yeah. to you. So what did? What did you think about this episode in general? Um, well, obviously I missed Sorkin in it. Uh, the episode was good, though. I mean, it was interesting. I like that Bruno came back. Um, 
but he was he was in the episode before but they found out you know this episode that he's here actually this is another fun fact which is maybe not fun that this episode is tied with the long goodbye for having the fewest main cast members in it yeah i so okay, it's like ma- a com- completely different cast of characters for you well yeah no it's true and every episode without the donna yeah, it's like a four out of five every single episode that doesn't have Josh and Donna just kind of going at. I agree. So, did you did you like it? Did you did it feel like a different show entirely? After Aaron Sorkin left, or just this episode? Just this episode. This episode did feel different, right? Because you don't have the, you know, you don't have the White House. Um, but I miss it. You know, I want to see what's happening in the White House. Um, yeah, we don't even know what's going on. We don't even know. There could be big bad things. We do have two parents from the Golden. Uh, TGIF era in this episode. We've really? got, mi- yeah, we've got Mrs. Taylor from Home Improvement. Yes, we do. And Mr. Matthews from Boy Meets World. <laughs> oh, man. That, so that is my childhood right there. In the absence of Sorkin, we're well supervised by TV parents. And they're so, so good. I've never seen them in these types of roles, too, and I think they did a fantastic job. Exactly. It's strange to see them not in front of a studio audience. I was actually, the whole time, I was trying to figure out, where do I know the father? Where do I know the father? And I'm a little bit ashamed of myself, because I should have, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. That's yeah. something to be embarrassed about. Okay, so let's just kind of go through some things that we liked and didn't like about this episode. First okay. of all, what are your what are your impressions of Arnold Vinick as a candidate? Because we haven't talked about that. Um, You know, I wouldn't vote for him. Oh, man. I just think it's a cheap tactic what he uses in this episode. And maybe I'm diving too far too quickly. But, like, yeah. s- like flipping for the Latino vote. And Ooh. then, yeah. Yeah, it was. And it's interesting, too, because it's kind of a hot topic after, you know, the recent election that we just had. Um, oh, my gosh. It's crazy how relevant this is. This oh, was, yeah. I think... Was this two? I don't know if this was two thousand five or two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah, so either two thousand five or two thousand six, but that was almost like twelve years ago. Yeah. And yeah. they're still talking about border safety and border control and a lot, a lot more. Uh, yeah, they're doing it a lot better. I'll say that though. Well, that's the thing is Arnold Vinick is so crazy likable that you just he's much more trustworthy even though he goes to show that he's really not that trustworthy in this episode but i think this is the first time since we've met him that he does anything really compromising up until now he's always been really principled um like in king corn with the the ethanol pledge and then we had his whole in god we trust where he you know deals with his faith or lack thereof and Mm -hmm. i feel like he's been really straight up until this episode where we really see him compromise yeah that's a really good point i would say i did not like how we did that it totally and okay so i i get it because before this there were other candidates that they were focusing on so now they have to bring out and they have to introduce you okay who is the front runner for the republicans who is this guy mm-hmm. and so i can see how they have to bring out the scandal and all this but it just it became dark very quick at the end right it has the vp almost making a threat Woo! right yeah ray sullivan yeah, and then, because you're thinking, okay, you know, VP conversation, whatever. And then you have uh, Leon, right? Leon? Leon leaving, yep. which is crazy. <laughs> and then Vinick, I don't like how he's just waffling on his position. You know, he's not but he waffling. wants to win. He and wants he realizes to win. It's all that it is, yeah. he can't win without the conservative Christian right voters. And this is the first time that they've had a Republican frontrunner who was pro-choice, 
which I thought was interesting. So he's kind of stuck in a, a hard place and decides, well, ethics, who needs them? I'm just going to tell them what they want to hear. So that's what happens with Vinick. It gets leaked to the Drudge Report. I love when Bruno comes in to, I'm going to just go, I'm just going to call her Mrs. Taylor's office because yeah, I don't, good. that's helpful. I don't know. It's um, helpful for me at least. Bruno's going to come in and uh, he tries to like clickety clackety scroll to the webpage on Mrs. Taylor's computer and he pulls up the Drudge Report of like, Vinick promises pro-life judges. But I just love how the technology is so super old. And he's like, oh, look, technology, websites and stuff. Well, it's better. We have the cell phones at this point, at least. Okay, what, but what do you think about Bruno? Let's cover that. Bruno. I mean, well, um, the swap. I mean, he flipped and then... He did. It's... I don't know. It's surprising to me, but it's also not surprising to me. Um, I loved when Josh walked in to talk to Bruno about debate negotiations and Josh walks in like he's walking into the like a shoot a shootout in the wild west like he's so so pissed that Bruno changed parties or has a, a appears to have changed parties but i feel like Bruno just wants money right mm. like i the part of me just thinks that he's really mm. in it for the money i mean maybe I'm trying to I'm trying to remember um, back because he helped him with the re-election and I'm trying to remember how he was then. He said he's doing this one. He made so much money off of yeah, that. Yeah, he's, last he's one doing this one without the money. I can just free. do it for free. Right, exactly. But I think it's more than the money. It's got to be something, right? But why would anyone? I don't know. I guess he's a Republican. Maybe he's always been a Republican. Maybe he was never a Democrat. Fair point. Or maybe he just likes to fight. I don't know. Could be that. Could be that. Or maybe he actually believes. I think that he could just be likes the... winning, and so he'll. I could understand that. That makes sense. Okay, I'm supportive of that. That's good. Good for him. Way to win. What else happened? Oh, okay, so the story, the message of the week is that uh, we're trying to put Santos on the back foot by taking the offensive and going after the uh, Latino uh, issues that he's really not that Santos really hasn't touched because he hasn't wanted to be. The brown candidate he didn't want to like pigeonhole himself but in doing so he left all of these issues wide open in terms of leadership and so now he looks like he's following uh vinick on all of these issues i mean i think it's a brilliant strategy i would have never thought of that and i i just love any time we see like the the chess moves in in all of these mm -hmm. uh campaigns it's no, absolutely. so exciting that's super interesting but didn't he, he actually wanted to comment on that, right? But then his, the people in the campaign, they said, no, no, let's not talk about this. Otherwise, that's just going to be who you're known as. I could be remembering this totally incorrectly. Well, I think it was La Palabra. I think in that episode, he wanted to, well, he had to deal with getting the endorsement from a certain oh, yeah. group. And so, yeah, he, he's just kind of taken a back seat because he didn't want to be um, pigeonholed as the Latino uh, candidate. But then we we get, like, to the end when Leon decides that he wants to quit because, you know, his kids are going to ask him on this opportunity for our first Latino president, like, what did you do? And he didn't want to tell him, like, well, I worked 
tirelessly as yeah. the opposition and we like try to back him into a corner on latino issues and... which is totally awful Ugh. yeah I, I, okay no no i'm so supportive of him quitting yes get out we don't want to see Vanek. we don't want to see that but the motives behind him quitting are are kind of hazy and questionable to me in some ways i mean why okay quit because you're slandering a guy or because you're doing these strange tactics don't quit simply because the guy's latino and so are you I mean, maybe I yeah. read too far into it, but... I, f I mean, it's kind of not the same case, but it's a similar case with Donna, where I think that people get into a job working for a candidate, and then it's you're in it, and it's too late to jump mm -hmm. ship to something else when you're working day in and day out for someone. Mm -hmm. So if you start to have second thoughts, it's almost... It takes something very big for you to want to change your vote for one thing you know yeah okay. and maybe maybe he didn't change his vote but maybe he didn't want to be that makes sense not just want to be it. part of it yeah yeah no oh, that makes sense i'm I, okay see what i wonder and i truly don't know because this is my first time through the series mrs taylor <laughs> so mrs taylor's sitting in there while the vp threatens right they make a point to show mm -hmm. her in there and then the leon leon guy just he quits right and so is that foreshadowing of mrs taylor quitting I mean, because she was um, there. I, I, I couldn't tell you. You could. Really, you really could. I wish you would, uh, too. But I'm not going to. I'm going to let you experience the rest of season seven as a new, because I don't want to steal that from you, Dustin. I would never dream of it. Okay, that's so great um, you. What about the Minutemen? We should talk about the Minutemen and the Vigilantes, not like being super political, but it mm. was a little bit... It was a little bit unnerving to me if I were Arnold Vinnick and I'm going to go down there. The way he spun it, all of this makes me appreciate the way... Appreciate's not the right word. But it makes me <laughs> uh, recognize the way that politicians spin the things. So, everything. yeah. Like, anytime they're asked a question by a reporter that they don't want to talk about, they just start answering a completely different question. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I just never recognized it until I started watching The West Wing. And that if you don't like the the premise of the question, just don't agree with it. Exactly. And so, and that was like so the whole theme. Yeah. So we see Santos giving answers that have nothing to do with the questions. Um, but I liked the way that Vinick spun the questions when he was with the Minutemen, saying like, "Do you think that these people are vigilantes?" And he's like, "Well, this just goes to prove that we need border uh, better border security, mm -hmm. so that way they don't have to do it." But I feel like if I were standing around, like, vigilante people with guns, I probably wouldn't say that. Like, maybe mm. they would not be too pleased and might kill me. Was I the only one who thought that at the moment? I guess, yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, they don't look like very controlled people with guns, so that's a good point. But yeah. then on the other hand, you know, oh, no, presidential candidate attacked. That's probably, I mean, you'll get on the news for that. Absolutely. That's that's true. I suppose they wouldn't actually kill Arnold Vinnick, but... No, he's Arnold Vinnick. Come on. I would... I'd be nervous. It's so interesting, though, because it's... He does that. He responds in the perfect way. But then at the end of the episode, uh, we have Santos, right, being talked to by the reporter. And he's tired. They make a point to mention, oh, you'll get two hours of sleep after this. That's he, right. And did. he totally flails. It, it was conversational flailing. I mean, he just... Boom. It was done. It was well, awful. Well, I get terrible. that he was tired and it was technically flailing, but 
he was being honest and genuine that the bill was good in committee and then it wasn't good later and so he changed his mind and that's well i think i think we don't give politicians the benefit of the doubt on that because we don't really understand the process of a bill in its initial state and then a bill later on after all sorts of special interest groups have had a hand in it like i think we just say oh well they flip-flopped on an issue when we don't really know why they changed their minds i don't think we give people the um proper benefit of the doubt oh absolutely oh that's such a good point but then there is there is the whole premise of it. Well, I guess even premise you could say that. But um, if you don't like the premise of the question, you change the question. And you see that time and time again, especially in this episode. I think all of the three episodes in season seven so far, at least, is they're all like being bombarded with these aggressive questions, and they're like, "Ooh, I have an answer. The answer is just not going to be translated well. So I'm going to go for a different answer to it." You know, and he's mm-hmm. he's tired, and he finally fails at it. Yes. Well, it's also. It's also interesting to see the way that the media plays into it in terms of, like, changing the message of the week. And really, mm-hmm. um, the way even that Josh was watching um, Vinick kind of get hammered on what I would assume is some sort of liberal media outlet, asking him about, you know, did you really promise those judges to the pro-life group? And um, it's just... It, I just wonder how different our elections would be if we didn't have a the 24-hour news cycle or if we just didn't have TVs in general. Like it's crazy to me to think how much the media plays into our politics. Oh yeah. In in the modern era. That's so interesting too. Yeah, I mean it's mm-hmm. like everything you see completely changes how you think, how you, what you see, what you think about, how you view the candidates. Although it's well, we can't get too far into current events, can we? I feel like that might be too much. <laughs> Never <Well>, mind. Because <laughs> I would have thought that if the media was so strong against, you know, our current president, you know, you'd think that things would have turned out differently. But that's a different question, different point for a different time. Yeah, it's it's a very big, big question. Um, until then, we'll just keep watching The West Wing because yeah, it'll yeah. make us less depressed. Um, yeah. I also thought it was funny at the beginning of the episode when they bring in Charles Frost, who's uh, going to give the security briefing to uh, Vinick in the bathroom. They're like, don't worry, this room is secure, and I hope you are too, because there's another man in here, and he's going to just wait for you while you go to the bathroom. Um, and we'll see more from Mr. Frost in the next episode. It's super interesting. Um, the Gosh, what's that newer show that's out right now? Um, House, of, House Cards? of Cards, right? They totally rip off that scene. They really? really do. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Except for it's um, it's the president's wife who's in the bathroom, you know, and it's oh. very much like a power trip. I, the second I saw it, I was like, no way. Yeah, if you watch it, you can see they rip off that scene almost exactly. Very interesting. It's so strange. So strange, right? It's almost like they're trying yeah. to find good writers and to augment their, you know, <laughs> subpar. Well, no, perhaps, like perhaps they are. Um, the other part of this episode is that, well, the the message of the week is with the Vena campaign, and then the story of the day is uh, momentum, momentum, momentum. And we've got the famous Josh Lyman. We got the momentum, baby. We, we got, got the, the big mo. mo. Yeah. yeah. We got the mo. the mo. 
if I were named Mo, I would be excited. I would use that gif all the time. No, I would agree. You should, you and they even, uh, I should make that gif. I don't even know how to yeah. make a gif. You should teach me how to do that, and I'll do that. <laughs> I'll teach you how to Dougie, and then I'll teach you how to make a gif. Ah, uh, sweet. I can go to your dance classes. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> Very excited about it. Okay, well, who's the Reverend? Who, what was the Reverend's name? Have we seen him much prior to this with the other campaigns, though? I don't, is he a reverend? I guess he is. Yeah, he's uh, George Rohr, and he's on behalf of the American Christian Assembly. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if we've seen him before. I'd love that they really don't know how to speak to anyone who's highly religious. First, they call it the private sector, oh, and then yeah. he's like, your organization, and then they're like, Ray Sullivan knows how to talk to those people. It's like yeah. we're aliens. Yeah, exactly. And then he was uh, he was eating the pizza, and the Reverend was super offended. I was thinking, oh, is he going to be like a rabbi or something? You know, hey, this is pork. Or um, I did not know what to expect there, right? So I don't know. Apparently, yeah, the pizza it was touch and go. Yeah, it was very bad. Don't eat the pizza apparently in front of a Reverend. Um, but yeah, that was that was super interesting. I feel like those are all the notes I have. It's not like the most. It's not the best episode in season seven. It's not bad. It keeps your attention, but we don't have the same depth of feeling that we would have because we only have josh and we don't have right? donna and josh without donna is just, we don't you know, have donna we it's not good we don't have i know we don't have bartlett toby charlie cj i mean like it's i care but it's a it's almost a completely different show in this episode yeah yeah i would say that that makes total sense actually it, it's been like that the last few episodes too except for obviously the most incredible Donna scene when she comes in and asks for the job. Uh, I'm oh. still sad about that. I know. It's the saddest thing ever. So sad. I think he's dumb. Just give her a job. Come on, man. Just make it happen. He he can't. He's blinded by his love for her. No, that's a And by out. his hurt over her leaving, I think. Well, yeah. That could be it. That could be it. But she had to leave so, eventually. Anyway. So how do you feel about like watching... I mean, I know you did a lot of catching up mm-hmm. recently. How do you feel now that you've seen the post-Sorkin era? I mean, all things considered, I mean, season five's a little rough, but all things mm-hmm. considered, it's. I think it's still good. I love season six and seven. It's still good. So what I've noticed, and I could be totally wrong, I'm not an expert like you, nor have I started my podcast yet, um, but... Ooh. With Sorkin, it was uh, every episode was more like its own unit, right? And they didn't blend together as much as they do now. But they were a lot more. That's true. They're a lot more witty, I thought. Um, and the content was just so much more rapid fire. And they definitely tried to keep that style, but it just I don't know. It changed. It felt a little different. But of course, other things change too. You have different camera angles. It's a nicer. You know, people have cell phones, right? You know, things are different. Um, yes. Cell phones happened in this show. That's crazy to think about. Yes. I know. 1999 to 2006 was like a very big time for technology. It was a jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And this episode in general wasn't very, like, haha funny. And I personally, I always like the, the, the funnier episodes. Plus, we also, we don't have super high stakes in this one either. So it's not like the old school West Wing where... You know, Bartlett's talking to the captain of a ship that's sinking. Oh, and, gosh. That's you know, so sad. And, 
there's a prank war going on with the other people. So yeah, I mean, part of this episode felt to me like they had to. Okay, we need to, you know, fill the viewer in that there is a lot of strife between the two candidates, and they're both fighting hard for the position, and it can go either way. You know, points are up and down all over the, all over the polls. Yeah, I mean, it was better with Sorkin though. Come on. I know, but we got to know what happens with our characters. We got to know what happens. With Josh and Donna, we gotta know what happens with Toby and CJ. You can't just leave them hanging and not see what happens. Well, we know what happens with CJ already, which was kind of... It's good they gave us that. We don't know what happens with the rest, though. That's true. And I was surprised we didn't have Leo in this episode, because if we're gonna talk about the campaign, he's the VP for Santos, so yeah. he, could, he it was like been there at least. It was, no, it was like the last episode they had that happy-go-lucky scene where him and Santos are finally connecting, and then they have the happy music, they zoom out, and then he's, you know, he's done. He's yeah. done. No more about yeah. Leo. Oh, we'll have on. to see what happens in the next episode, which is Mr. Frost. Um, uh, Mr. Yeah. Frost. Do you have an MVP for this episode? I do. I totally do. You really? do. It's, oh, yeah, it's Leon. Leon, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Oh man, he had it was um he shall be Leon. Which we looked up actually before we started talking. It's what's about yeah, Levon? Levon. It's close enough. It's a name. Yeah. yeah, it's close enough. Elton John doesn't yeah. care. He's not too worked up about or it. Bernie Top Bernie Toppin. Bernie Toppin. That's his lyricist. So he probably he probably Oh. His librettist. Oh indeed. Um yeah, that's what you, that's the opera term, if you will. Don't ask me how I know. Um, but Leon, okay, it's the ultimate mic drop. It's, it's, hey, I'm out. I can't do this. I'm not in. And I think it's really just, boom, sets a huge, huge turn at the very end there. It's great. I love it. He's obviously the MVP. And you're always wondering, like, what is this guy going to do? He's just kind of in the picture. Is he going to be one of those, you know, Ainsley-type characters who's, like, really cool for a second and just kind of, ducks out but no he had a purpose and i think this was it that's yeah. true yeah that's a good choice very very good choice um yeah. who's yours and i never think of it in advance i feel like the acting here was just stellar across the board so it's hard for me to pick like oh you know alan aldo is really good and mrs taylor was uh, patricia richardson is her real person name she was very good they were all uh -huh. very good so i think i will i will defer to your choice i will go with leon in this one defer to my mm -hmm. choice yeah. really but not for the acting just for the content for the, for the character and for plot twist and things like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah right. i like that That's yeah good. see i'm rubbing off on you i'm happy about oh, this I, it was bound to happen at some point um, Alright, well, if you guys have thoughts or feelings about anything that's West Wing related, you can email us at thewestwingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Pod. and Sally will be back with us next week as we discuss Season 7, Episode 4, Mr. Frost. Yeah, don't forget to pick up my ringtone. Yes! I can't out. wait for you. If you guys have other West Wing ringtones... Uh, you can send us a link to those as well because we just want to have all of our <laughs> options out there. Um, we love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Dustin. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers.